Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Tonight I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near-death experiences, God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. We are going to start out with your welcome home party. Jesus said, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Luke 16, 9. Many who have had near-death experiences felt like they had a welcoming committee. They're to greet them just like Jesus described. Real people and real relationships do not end when this life ends. They go on to new depths. Paul told those he helped find faith, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory Enjoy First Thessalonians two nineteen twenty. Like Don Piper, bank president Marv Besteman recalls a welcoming party consisting of close relatives, those who have had spiritually influenced him, or those he spiritually encouraged. Both of my friends were prayer warriors, and we had spent many hours praying together. I'm not sure if this is why God chose these two guys for me to see. They were significant to me and my spiritual life. Everyone I saw had been influential in shaping my life in some way. Just imagine what God wants for you. Your temporal life on earth will transition into the most joyous, exciting, celebratory party welcoming you into real life. Deceased relatives and friends who also loved God, all the people you've loved and served and helped spiritually all gather because they just can't wait to show you around. You're still you and they're still them. Those relationships don't die. They go deeper than ever into the exploration of eternity with God and each other. That is God's design and desire, but not everyone experiences it. Dr. Mary Neal and others have mentioned a protective role of the angels are their welcoming committee. I knew they were sent to guide me across the divide of time and dimension that separates our world from God's. I also had the unspoken understanding that they were sent not only to greet me and guide me, but also protect me during my journeys. Dr. Moody writes about a woman who died giving birth who said almost the exact same statement. She recounted seeing her grandmother as well as a girl she had known from school from school days. She also saw numerous other friends and relatives who she realized had come to protect her or guide her. It was almost as if I were coming home. This struck me after reading multiple near-death experiences that she said the welcoming committee was there both to guide and protect along the journey. 
As we will see in later chapters, protection may be needed because not every near-death experience welcoming committee turns out to be as benevolent as it first may appear. Yikes. But scripture makes it very clear that God's desire is that we would all trust God, let him into our lives, and let him adopt us as his own children. What he wants is to usher us into one big, happy, eternal family. In fact, the whole point of this life is the creation of a spiritual family for God. The family of families. In the early years of our family, my wife didn't like to think about heaven. It made her sad to think that our loving family might not be as special or close. I would always ask, what makes you believe that? She always would say something like, well, Jesus said we won't be married and we'll love all people equally so we won't feel that special bond we had. I've since convinced her that her fears were unwarranted, but I know this is the fear of many. What Jesus said was in response to the Sadducees, a group of antagonistic religious leaders who did not believe in life after death. They asked Jesus a quick trick question. If a woman is married and her husband dies, she remarries and it happens again seven times. Which of the seven will she be married to in heaven? Jesus replied, you are an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God, Matthew twenty-two twenty-three. He goes on to say, God told Moses, whom they claim to follow, that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who were all dead. Jesus said, God isn't the God of the dead, but of the living. God's people live on by God's power, and the power of God can unite people in ways that overcome our relational squabbles and concerns. And that's what he will do for his children. Then Jesus says, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in the heaven. Jesus did not say we will not be with our spouse or loved one. He says we won't be new individual marriages. There won't need to be there won't need to be because there will be no procreation or new families. But our family relationships will not be less special or less close in eternity. They will be closer and deeper. We might love all of our new brothers and sisters, but that does not mean we will have the same special relationship, history, memories, or bonds with all people equally. In fact, our earthly families seem to be really important in heaven. All throughout the Old Testament, when a person would die, the scriptures would say, and he was gathered to his people, then breathed his last breath and died and was gathered to his people. God created love, relationship, and family, and they remain important to him in heaven. Interestingly, the Kelly study conducted in 2001 at the University of Virginia found that 95% of the people encountered on the other side during near-death experiences were deceased relatives while only 5% were friends. Only 4% of the near-death experience in the study claimed they saw people who were alive at the time of the near-death experience. 
Dr. Long points out that in dreams or hallucinations, usually people claim to see recently encountered living people. On the other hand, a study of 500 Americans and 500 Indians found that the vast majority of the human human figures seen in visions of the dying were deceased close relatives. Imagine having the greatest reunion ever with friends, family, even distant relatives. You never knew. Ancestry.com can't come close to giving you a sense of your heritage like it will be when you actually meet your relatives. <laughs> Little kids report meeting deceased relatives during their near-death experiences, even ones they never knew. Imagine the family you've had but never known. The family you never knew. Four-year-old Colton Burpo had a brush with death and claimed to visit heaven. Several months later, he and his dad, Todd, were driving across the Nebraska cornfields. Colton asked his dad if he had a grandpa named Pop. Todd said he did and told Colton that Pop had passed away when Todd was about Colton's age. Colton replied, he's really nice. Todd almost drove off the road. He later relates, It's a crazy moment when your son uses the present tense to refer to someone who died a quarter century before he was even born. As Todd and Colton continued to talk, Colton explained that he not only met Pop in heaven, but he got to stay with him. Not long after they got back from their road trip, Todd pulled out the last picture of Pop he had, Pop was 62 with white hair and glasses. Todd asked if Colton recognized him. Colton squinched up his face, shook his head and said, Dad, nobody's old in heaven and nobody wears glasses. It bothered Todd that Colton didn't recognize Pop. So he had his mom send a younger picture of Pop when he was 29, standing with his wife, Colton's great grandmother and two other people. He showed it to Colton, who said, Hey, how did you get a picture of Pop? Colton's great-grandmother, now in her 80s, whom Colton had recently seen, was also pictured next to Pop. Colton didn't recognize his great-grandmother in her 20s, yet he recognized his 29-year-old great-grandfather he had never met. Later that October, Colton gave his family another surprise as they were all gathered in the living room working on different projects. Mommy, I have two sisters, Colton said. His mom, Sonia, corrected him, reminding him he only had one sister. Colton repeated himself, insisting that he had two sisters. Sonia replied that Cassie is the only sister, and they had asked if he meant his cousin Tracy. No, Colton insisted adamantly. I have two sisters. You had a baby die in your tummy, didn't you? Time stopped in the Burpo house. Shocked, Sonia asked her son who it was that told him she had a baby die in her tummy. She said, Mommy, Colton explained, she said she died in your tummy. Sonia was overcome with emotion. They had never told Colton about the miscarriage. It's okay, Mommy, Colton said. God adopted her. Todd said he could hear the effort it took for Sonia to steady her voice as she asked Colton what his sister looked like. Colton explained that in heaven, a girl who looked a lot like Cassie, but with dark hair, ran up to him and wouldn't stop hugging him. He clearly 
didn't like a girl hugging him so much. Sonia asked him what her name was. She doesn't have a name. You guys didn't name her. You're right, Colton, Sonia said, dumbfounded. We didn't even know she was a she. Colton said, yeah. She said she can't wait for you and daddy to get to heaven. King David lost his infant son at birth. He had fasted, prayed, wept, and wailed for healing. But when his son died, he stopped. His friends were confused. David explained, why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. David knew he would see his son again in heaven. Imagine all the family hurts and pains finally redeemed by the love of God. Imagine all the little babies finally reunited with their families. All the brothers, the sisters, moms, dads, grandparents, and even distant relatives joined together as a family inside God's great family. That's what God is doing in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. It was fitting that God should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Imagine this new family of families God has in store for all who love him. Imagine meeting relatives from hundreds of years past. Join as this family you never knew. But that brings up other relational questions like, what age will we be? How will there not be sibling rivalry and family feuds? Oh yeah. Ageless ages. What age will we be in heaven? The more I've pondered what the scripture says and what the near-death experience report, it's unclear. My best theory is that we will be ageless, yet we will have the ability to appear to others as the age they knew us best. I say this as a theory because scripture seems silent on the topic, though it does tell us time in heaven doesn't work like it does on earth. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Second Peter 3, 8. Listen to some of the things near-death experiencers note about age. From some accounts, people appear to be all ages. Gary Wood said as he walked through the city of God with his best friend, John, I saw a playground with children and teenagers, those who died prematurely. At another point, he saw his grandmother and grandfather sitting on the front porch of a three-story house talking to people walking by, but he was not allowed to talk to them for some reason. Marv, the banker president, noticed outside the city gate, most of the men in line were between 50 and 70 years of age, and most of the women were between 70 and 90 years of age. There were three children in line, each of them around four or five years of age. These little ones were not standing still, but moving around, wiggling in their spots in line like children do. They all had big smiles on their faces. An Indian man was carrying a tiny baby for a young Indian woman standing in front of him. Marv came to a barrier that he could not cross. He described it as a crystal line barrier, but 60 yards inside and waving him to come were his grandma and grandpa. Both of them were wearing clothing similar to what they wore on earth and they appeared to be the age 
they were when they died. Still, Grandma and Grandpa look like no other 85-year-olds I have ever seen walking around here. I kid you not, had I thrown a football pass at them, both of them gave the impression they could easily jump up and snatch it. So even though people may look the ages when we would best recognize them, they also seem young and vibrant or in some cases older. I saw a bright, bright light very quickly. Another near-death experience relates and then a beach. And then I saw my mom and daughter who died at the age of two standing on the beach. My daughter was grown up. Others seem to indicate that even though people in heaven looked their age, somehow they also appeared ageless or in their prime. Dr. Long reports how Bob fell out of a building and landed three stories below. During his near-death experience, he met many relatives. My relatives, all deceased, were there all at their prime of life. They were dressed, I would say, 1940 styles, which would have been prime years for most. Relatives I knew of, such as my grandfather, but never knew in life, were there as well as uncles, aunts who passed before I knew them. The unconditional love was overwhelming and permeated all of us genuinely and richly. There was no element of time and no verbal and no verbally spoken word. Everything was open thought communication. Another near-death experience notes, suddenly I recognized all these relatives. They were all around 35 years old, including the little brother I had never known because he had died during the war when he was two years old. Doctors tell us our earthly bodies grow and develop until sometime in our late 20s or early 30s. Then we begin our slow decay. Maybe that's our heavenly age, or perhaps in heaven, we will be known for our true identity and our projected form can be perceived or seen in different ways. Airline Captain Dale Black noticed that he saw them for who they were. None were skinny, none were overweight, none were crippled, none were bent or broken, none were old, none were young. If I had to guess, I would say they appeared to be somewhere around 30 years old. Although some form of time does seem to exist in heaven, no one aged. Something university professor Howard Storm described during his near-death experience may give insight into the appearance of age in heaven. Brilliant beings of light he came to think of as saints and angels came to meet him and asked, Would you like to see us in our human form? The implication, Storm replied, was that they could take a different appearance if he would feel more comfortable with them in a human form. Storm answered, No, please. You're more beautiful than anything I've ever seen. So maybe in heaven we will be known for our true identity and our outer appearance can adapt to the needs of others. Steve Miller noted this from his study. People seem to consist of something more akin to energy than cells. This could explain why when one near-death experience expressed surprise that her deceased relatives looked so old, the relative explained that she could appear however she wanted and immediately changed to a younger look. Maybe our appearance of age can bring in the intermediate heaven. I'm not sure what would imply for our resurrected body age in the new heaven and earth, 
My vote's 29. Actually, my vote would be 30. That was like my favorite year. One day, we'll know for sure. Thank you for stopping by. I wish everyone a blessed week. Remember to love and be kind. I'll see you next week. Bye.